Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Savage Files podcast. I'm your host, Jade Savage, and I want to do a little introduction, and then we're going to move into the nitty gritty. I'm a private investigator, and I have been for the last six years. My mom, my dad, my brother are all private investigators as well, so we're just your friendly neighborhood private investigators. I love true crime. I've loved true crime for a long time. And recently, I found a little corner of the internet that also really loves true crime. And together, we have started this little community. And I'm really grateful for everybody who takes the time out to listen to my Instagram lives, my TikTok lives, this podcast, YouTube channel, anything. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you guys. And I just want to really get right into it. I have a lot to say. You guys know I don't stop talking. So here we go. Today, I want to talk about the murder that happened in Moscow, Idaho. The victims' names are Maddie, Kaylee, Zana, and Ethan. They were four college students brutally attacked and killed in their home. And it's been really, really tough to watch. The media has been swarming this case. The internet has been up in flames. It has been just absolutely insane since the beginning. And there's been so much speculation. There's been so many false rumors, tons of lies. And on this podcast, I just really want to make sure that we're talking about on this podcast, I want to make sure that we're speculating about things that don't affect people's lives. Um, you know, talking about possible potential suspects and accusing people who are innocent or accusing people who have nothing to do with this is not what this podcast is about. On this podcast, I want to talk about facts. On this podcast, I want to speculate about the facts. And speculating isn't who did it. Speculating is, well, there were locks on the doors. Do you guys think that those were the same locks or not? That's harmless speculating. And that's what we're here to do. So to be completely transparent, I cr- I recorded a full podcast episode, edited it, and hated it. So a bunch of stuff came out yesterday, and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about everything that came out yesterday. Yesterday, on December 12th, 2022, Fox News released this just atrocious, grotesque news article about Kaylee Gonzalez. And it spoke a little bit about Maddie, and it also spoke a little bit about Xana. The name of the article was Idaho Murders, Father of Slain Victims Says She Had Big Open Wounds, Calls Police Cowards. And in this article, Fox News goes on to quote Steve Gonzalez, which is Kaylee's father, and say that he said that, actually, let me just quote it. The article says, and it quotes Steve Gonzalez, it says that Steve asked the coroner, Kathy Madbutt, how many times the victims were stabbed. And per Steve, he said that the coroner said, sir, I don't think stabs is the right word. It was like tears, like it was a strong weapon, not like a stab. She said these were big open gouges. She said it was quick. These weren't something where you're going to be able to call 911. They were not going to slowly bleed out. Steve continues on to say the coroner told him that the perpetrator was a strong individual but police have yet to identify the suspect's gender steve says i got outraged by them not coming out and saying this was a woman or a man because they should know by the amount of strength it took to deliver these injuries he said they're just being cowards there are girls walking around the street right now that deserve to know they should be looking out for a sadistic male steve also said that the coroner told him that the wounds were so deep they affected they hit, they opened um, Kaylee's liver and lungs. And all of this was put in an article, packaged up nicely and delivered. While Kaylee's sister, 
came out and said Fox News got it wrong. She actually, let me read the actual. She said, Hi, Steve's daughter, Kaylee's sister here. I hate to have to make this post, but unfortunately, this reporter got bad information. We are also working with our lawyer to get this removed, but wanted to let you know from the source, this information was not given to anyone at Fox from our family. This also was followed up by someone, not the Gonzalez family, but someone says, in regards to the details of Kaylee's manner of death, the family says that they did not tell Fox that information. They said their homes have been tapped by the media, workplaces, bombarded, etc. Any further information will only come from their attorney. Now, in the last week, Kaylee's father and Kaylee's family just in general have been really quiet. We know that in the first three weeks, Kaylee's family did an interview almost every single day asking for answers pleading for the police to give answers um and you know he's been really quiet they've been really quiet and we can assume it's because they got an attorney and we can assume they hired the private investigator so now they're not so publicly asking for the answers that they're privately now getting but all of this is absolutely insane kaylee's father and family have been known to have a pretty good relationship with Fox. It seems that it's their preferred outlet for these interviews. So for Fox News to come out and release this article and the Gonzalez family say they didn't give that information, somebody's lying here. Then last night on News Nation, Ashley Banfield said they reached out to the coroner and asked them about details of Kaylee's manner of death and if this is how they would have described it. And the coroner said, absolutely not. That's not accurate. So somebody here is lying. I also definitely think it's really interesting that the family, and this is alleged because the family has not spoken on if they actually think they're tapped, but if the media is tapping their homes or workplaces, that's illegal. And police just came out and said, if you guys are, you know, saying essentially, if you guys are spreading lies, you can be sued. And then Fox goes and puts out this article of lies. And I just feel as the victim's families, you imagine going to bed one night and you wake up and that article is out there. It's already so hard. And then you have to read this article about how your daughter was not just stabbed, but there were tears in her body and gouges and open wounds. And you know, the the wounds were so deep that it hit the liver and the lungs. I mean, ugh, it's disgusting. It'll be interesting because actually, let me check. Let me check and see if the article is still up. As of 1019 on Tuesday. Wait, is today Wednesday? On Wednesday, December 13th, the article is still up. It's been um, almost exactly 24 hours since the article was published. So I think it's really interesting that if this was a slanderous article with not factual information and the Gonzalez family was having their lawyer involved, you'd think it would be taken down by now. So somebody's lying, you guys. I'm a little confused. We're going to have to see how this plays out because this is crazy. It's part of the reason why I believe, you know, like Ethan and Maddie and Zana's family have been so much more quiet. They don't want all of the attention and the drama, especially, you know, Ethan's family spoke out and said there's so many lies being spread about Ethan and it's hard. They're grieving. I'll keep you guys updated as this story develops. I just, I had to talk about it. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine what the families are going through. Who is lying? This is crazy. What is going on? Now, I want to move over to the press release that came out yesterday also on 12-12-22. Moscow police put out a press release and it was a video interview from the captain. Um, There was rumors that it was going to be a press conference and then just, you know, like a, a picture of a press release. We got a video. It was just really confusing. 
confusing. And he said a couple of things that I really want to talk about. I'm going to start off by reading this one excerpt from the press release. It says, We do have a lot of information. We are specifically keeping that information safe. We are not releasing specific details because we do not want to compromise this investigation. It is what we must do. We owe that to the families. We want more than just an arrest. We want a conviction. We owe that justice to Zana, Kaylee, Madison, and Ethan. Now, I want to talk about this because I think the verbiage in this is really interesting. They're saying not only do we want an arrest, we want a conviction, which I I, I mean, I think it speaks volumes. I know police haven't given us a lot and people get really frustrated, myself included, to an extent. I just, we all want to know. We all want to know, right? But what I'm hearing them say is we have a suspect and we're not just going to arrest him. We want to make sure before we lock this person up behind bars and we go out publicly and accuse somebody, we want to make sure that this person is going to be convicted. And I know I've said it a million times, so I'm sorry if you guys are rolling your eyes because you've heard me say it. Police are taking their time. They have to do this whole process the right way. If they don't get their ducks in a row, this person can walk free. If they don't have enough evidence to hold him, they will have to release him. If they don't have enough evidence to convict he will get acquitted this this is what people have to understand is if they are going to take this to trial here's what people have to understand is if this is going to go to trial if this case goes to trial they have to convince all the jury members without a doubt that this person did it that's going to be really hard to do with all of the dna involved they have to have a smoking gun they have to have bulletproof evidence that this person committed these crimes if there's dna on the bodies if there's dna under fingernails that's the type of evidence that can convict but if they have too much circumstantial evidence the defense is going to have a field day with it they're going to say how do you know if the night before the incident there were 18 people in that house how do you know that this person for sure committed this crime police have to comb through the dna and make sure that this is going to stick i always use this example nobody ever comes to my house so if god forbid something ever happens to me and police looked around and they got some random person's dna that's an open shot case in this case there's so much dna in that house they have to figure out which dna doesn't belong there which dna is the perpetrator and if there's all of these people every single weekend coming in the house i mean we saw the house the house isn't particularly clean they're a bunch of college kids i can say when i was their age my house probably looked the same way so it's not like they're mopping and wiping everything down every time people come over to the house there's so much dna in that house i just feel it was really telling that he said we're not just looking for an arrest we're looking for a conviction i think they have their guy i think they're putting the pieces together i think they're waiting for dna to come back and i think they're gonna make an arrest and i'm glad police aren't rushing it people who just want them to arrest somebody you guys clearly don't understand how easy it would be for this person to walk away from murdering four people they must take their time and i would much rather police do the job correctly than do a a quick half-assed job just to arrest somebody this person ends up getting off and there's a murderer on the loose next i want to talk about the white elantra Um, The captain came out in that same press release and said that police are still looking for the white Elantra. They believe the occupants may have seen something and not know that they saw something. I believe this is a good indication that the white Elantra doesn't belong to the suspect. I have been saying this, that police would be out here. They would be saying, we believe this is the perpetrator's vehicle. We need to get this vehicle. The vehicle could have DNA that could convict this person. This vehicle is super important instead. They're like, yeah, we're looking for the white Elantra. If you guys see it, let us know. We want to just talk to the people. We just want to know what they know. The vehicle was most likely seen on some type of CCTV video. 
and police want to know what the people saw. They probably came out of the neighborhood. There is a gas station and an AMW, um, and there's two exits to leave the neighborhood on both sides of the, the gas station. And so they must have gotten the, the car on CCTV, most likely from the gas station. They want to know what those people know. I've been saying it. Police are not urgently looking for the vehicle. I don't believe that it's connected to the suspect. This is pure speculation. And if you disagree with me, that is your prerogative. I will not be upset if you don't agree with me. I don't need you to agree. I'm just giving you guys my thoughts. I know seen, I've seen a lot of people who want to argue about, oh, well, police aren't going to tell you that it, it belongs to the subject. And that's fine. You guys are fully allowed to have your own opinion. This is just my thoughts on the white Elantra. One of the questions I get asked the most is, do I think this is going to be a cold case? And I just don't see it, guys. I, I feel like police have so many tips. They have so much DNA. They have so much that they're going through that I, I, I don't think it's going to be a cold case. It's only been four weeks. And I just don't, I don't believe that it's going to be a cold case. There's just a ton of information. Investigators have to do their due diligence and make sure that they answer every tip, every lead, and try and get the suspect. And I just, I don't, I don't see it being a cold case. If it was going to be a cold case, it'd be a, probably about a year before this case were to go cold. And still, we're hearing so much information within the community um, online. I can just imagine what investigators are hearing and what information they have. It, I mean, it's probably just so enormous just a mountain that they just can't they can't seem to get to the top of so i think it's i think it's a good sign guys they've been back to the house to collect more dna evidence you know they've been back to the house you know collecting stuff from roommates rooms the usual um and, and also police did say that they've re-interviewed people that they were interviewed at the very beginning i've heard that there's a specific person who's been interviewed multiple times so i think that um be rest assured be rest assured this isn't going to be a cold case i think they know who this is i think this person is under 24-hour surveillance, I think they're just trying to put a case together to make an arrest. A lot of people are wondering once there's an arrest made, will all the information come out? Will all the details be released? Will the 911 call be released? And I don't believe so. I think that they have to keep all of this really, really, really tight-knit until trial. After an arrest is made, we may not see trial for a year. It could be a really long time before this person sees trial. It could be a really long time before any of us know what really happened. But once an arrest is made, we'll be able to at least put some of the pieces together, which will be great. But for me personally, if there's one thing that I really want, it's to know what, what happened on that 911 call. What is on that 911 call that police don't want to release? What happened on that 911 call that police don't want us to hear it? What did they say? What, what was said that was so pertinent to this investigation that it could hinder it? It piques my curiosity to the maximum level. Touching on the 911 call. Um, I think Sammy is going to be my first guest on this podcast. I know we did a live with Sammy and she answered some of the questions about the 911 call, but I just thought since I have my podcast now, why don't we get it in a recorded form so that way when people ask me, I can refer them to this if they really want to get a professional opinion, an accurate opinion of what possibly could be the unconscious person call. In a lot of cases, we've seen the 911 call be released before the crime is solved. And Gabby Petito, the 911 call was released before we ever located her or Brian. And there's lots of other cases that this has happened where we've received the 911 call before the crime was solved because it couldn't hurt the investigation. It wasn't on, I'm sure, for the families to listen to, but it wouldn't hurt the investigation. 911 calls are public record and it's an open case. So technically they don't have to release it, um, but they are public record. So in this instance, 
happens if the 911 call wasn't going to hurt the investigation, I'm sure they would have released it. Which makes you just wonder what it is on that 911 call that the police don't want us to hear it, you know? It could be one of those things where, you know, someone walked in and said, oh my gosh, so-and-so was murdered and it was so-and-so and I knew they were going to do this. They've been, you know, da-da-da. Like, you just don't know what you're going to get from a 911 call. Also, they don't want the nature of the bodies of the injuries to be out there because police know that there are only certain things that the police and that the perpetrator will know. I've seen so many times where a suspect says something in an interview that only the perpetrator and the police know about. Like, you know, so-and-so was wearing yellow socks and they're like, well, how would you know that if you weren't there? So it's things like that. I I know that was such a silly example, the yellow socks, but you get the point. The point is they don't want to release too much information about the victims, the crime scene, because it can hinder the investigation. Speaking of things hindering the investigation, you guys, I want to talk about the neighbors for a second because that was wild. This neighbor, his name is Enan Harsh, he came out and said, three weeks after the murder, at 1am on the day of the incident, I arrived home. I started to doze off around 4 when I heard some screams. I didn't think about it until a couple of days later, but I let police know, and I also let them know that I did see a luxury black SUV parked a couple spaces down from the house. Immediately after hearing this, I was like, what? This guy, all of a sudden, three weeks later, this neighbor all of a sudden remembers all of this. And I know he said a couple of days later he remembered it. And I tried to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. On my live, I was like, well, maybe he went to law enforcement with it and he just hasn't spoke about it, you know, publicly. Yeah, I tried. I tried, I try, you guys. I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. It didn't make, didn't make sense to me, but I tried to play devil's advocate every once in a while and say, well, maybe. Absolutely not. Well... On News Nation later that evening, Ashley Banfield, love her, love her to death, um, she said they reached out to Moscow PD, and Moscow PD said that they never heard from this fellow, they know nothing about a black SUV, and called this guy a liar. Then we got these Facebook statuses that he posted the day after the murder. I'm going to read these, but keep in mind that he said, that he heard a scream on the morning of the murder and saw a black SUV a couple spaces down from the house. His very first status says, four killed and stabbing across the street. No evidence, no trace. So like a professional killer? But why? On three sorority girls? Doesn't make sense. And he spelled sorority girls wrong in such like the worst way. So his recollection days after the murder was there was no evidence, no trace, no screams, nothing. But three weeks later, all of a sudden it was, yeah, there were screams. I heard them. And I saw this black SUV. It never happened. It was, he was lying, right? Then more Facebook status come out. Then more Facebook status comes out. This one says, FBI is spending over 10K a day trying to find the killer. I don't know if 50 employees would help much more than 15 on a case like this. Then he says, I thought living in Tweakerville was crazy. Now I'm in Greek row. Four people found dead in my neighbor's house. And the final tweet, posted just a couple of days or not tweet i'm sorry this was on facebook the final facebook status a couple of days ago said well i'm famous i always knew this game would come dope ass staff and cooking videos coming along with merch and maybe a gofundme down to barter for interviews autographs and services if that doesn't sound like a guy looking for some clout, I don't know what does. That is absolutely ridiculous. And it's just, honestly, it's so shameful and disgusting. This guy really went on the internet and made a, 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 made a Facebook status talking about, yeah, you know, now I'm famous if anybody wants to send me some free stuff and I'll do an interview. Just let me know how much is sickening. These people are dead. These people died. 
in a horrible, horrible way and you want to make money off of it and you want to get clout off of it and you want to mock these poor innocent kids. Also, police released body cam footage from a call that was made at 301 that police responded to in a field across the street from the house. Police responded to this call at three o'clock and remember, the murders were said to have happened between three and four. It was very quiet on that night and I'm sure if there was screams, police would have heard them. People were so excited about this body cam footage being released and I get it. I get it. You know, we're finally getting something from the police here. But we have to remember that because police are keeping everything so tight-lipped, if there was something on that on that body cam footage that they believe would be pertinent to the investigation, they would have never released it to us. They gave us that so we'd get off their backs. Same thing about the white Elantra. At the end of the day, if there was the murderer in plain view, they would have never released that. If there was any information that would have related to the suspect or this incident, they would have never released the body cam footage. I think sometimes people forget it's almost like a ruse. You know, police are saying, look over here, not over here. It's the smoke and mirrors. Watch that and focus on that and fixate on that while we go over here and we do this and people eat it up people eat it up every single time and then they pick the body cam footage apart and they're like look at this light look at that light this light that light and it's just honestly it's ridiculous sometimes because i'm like you guys if if there was anything in that video that was pertaining to the murders that would show you who the suspect was that would show you anything of relevance they would have never released it they released information about the white elantra days before they released the body cam footage and you guys the the internet lit on fire with that information of the white Elantra. People went to bed one night, normal, and the next day they woke up and saw their name is spread across the internet, you know, being accused of murder. Not just murder, murder of four people. You guys, it, no. Especially after police saw what happened with the white Elantra, there's no way that they were going to release the body cam footage if there was pertinent information on there. Absolutely not. The internet, the internet does not know how to behave themselves. The internet is con- convinced that anybody who owned a white Elantra from 2011 to now is a murderer, really, honestly. And I think sometimes we all just have to take a step back and remember that. We see these videos on TikTok of people looking at the body cam footage and they're circling a light and people will just take that and run and be like, oh my gosh, did you guys see See this the light was on and that could have been a house four doors down that could have not even been the house that could have it could have been anything the body you can't see anything in the body cam footage it's not helpful and yeah there was there was four guys seen crossing the street or four four people four individuals crossing the street in the body cam footage if once again if police thought that that was something they would have never released it to us clearly i don't think that those four people went and murdered four people and then left and then walked across the street by police and waved i mean if let's be honest guys come on if they just went into the house if these people left the house or were on the way to the house to murder four people do you think they would have went and walked by police remember these people were probably covered in blood it doesn't make sense you know we have to apply a little bit of logic to the situation if I just murdered four people, I guarantee you, if I saw the cops, I wouldn't be walking by them, especially knowing I was covered in blood, you know, and those cops are going to be interviewed. You don't know if they have body cam footage. Now they go walk by the police. Now they just put themselves in the area at the time of the murder. You guys, come on. I mean, you know, everybody just wants answers. The speculation has ramped up and I feel like it's hard because it's not investigators fault that they want to keep everything really hush hush. At the same time, the lack of information is what's making the speculation blaze like a wildfire. So it's this, you know, kind of catch 22. It's hard because as a consumer of all of this, as somebody who is very involved in true crime, 
for years my family has been involved in true crime my mom quite literally has been on multiple Jodi Arias documentaries on investigation discovery you know we've been in this in this industry for a long time and it's kind of unfortunate when you can say something logical on the internet and people don't want the logic people want the lies people want this to be outrageous theories and they run with those you can say the truth you can say a lie on the internet and it will be heard so much more than the truth the video with the scream you guys it's one of my number one comments in my lives right now did you see the video with the scream what do you think about the scream do you think the video is real it's amazing how police came out and said that none of that was true all of that was false information and it was lies but people only held on to the lie not the truth people only like to hear the absolute crazy rumors and they don't care to know the truth and then when the, the truth is out there they're like are police lying is that a lie is that actually truthful is that actually a fact why are people so much more willing to believe the, the lie over the truth it's crazy seeing this all happen and it's it's hard because i try and come on the internet from a logical standpoint and i don't care about views and clouds that that's not what i'm doing here but i think it's amazing how as somebody can make up this huge rumor about a map and it's it's a piece of paper with a bunch of scribbles we can't even see what it says but then they go and say that it's a map and they draw it out and people run with it millions of people but then you go online and you make a, a video that is fact-based and people don't care people don't want to see that they want to see the outrageous theories which is insane to me everybody listening please when you're looking at this information on the internet remember that it is so much easier to spread a lie than it is to spread the truth and we just have to apply a little bit of logic and we can't just we, we can't believe everything that people are putting out because the amount of things that have been debunked and said that are not true but i still get asked about every single day it is insane because the information that was a lie reached all those people but the truth didn't that's crazy when you think about it I think it's going to be really interesting um, to see what else comes out this week and next week right before Christmas. I feel like something big is coming and people keep asking me why I feel this way. It's not based on any facts. It's quite literally just based on like a gut feeling. I feel like something big is coming. I believe that police have their suspect. I believe they're building up a case. I believe there will be an arrest. I believe this will not be a cold case. You know, I will keep everybody in, up to date as things come in. I'm doing TikTok. I'm doing podcasts. I go on, I go live every single day so we can talk about all of this stuff so i hope that you guys really enjoy my content i'm really trying to stay on top of it and i'm really trying to make sure that i'm only talking about stuff that's accurate um and on my live we do a little bit more speculating and on my instagram live i really i really get into the juice with you guys we can really talk about it but on tiktok when there's 800 people watching you know people bouncing in and out in and out in and out I, I don't feel that it's as much of a safe place that we can talk openly so if you guys are on my tiktok and you're like why isn't she answering these certain questions that's why but you know you guys are always welcome to dm me and we can talk and you know send me any information that you guys have i try and get back to everybody's dms i get so many every single day i feel so bad when i can't get back to everybody but i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> i'm so grateful for anybody who spends their time supporting my content listening to my lives listening to this podcast and supporting me thank you guys so 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 much for hanging out with me the podcast will be coming out once a week um we're gonna have some special guests i heard some people saying they want an episode with me and my mom about the jody arias i already asked her she said yes so it's coming and i'd love to cover some other cases as well so let me know what you guys want to hear what you guys want to see special guests that you guys want on um because this is the people's podcast this is your guys's podcast not mine so whatever you guys want i'm here i'm here and i'm ready so thank you guys so much definitely make sure you follow my tiktok and make sure that you guys come back for another episode of savage files because i don't 
don't stop talking. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good week and make sure that your blinds are closed. Please, please make sure your blinds are closed.